0: And now back to Lifeline.
2: We are back. At the time six oh six on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Let's go to line two and talk with Sean in Retlands. Sean, are you there? I'm here, Pastor Jeff. All right. Thank you How for you your doing? patience. How are you?
1: I'm doing really good. I'm doing really good. Thank you.
2: Great. What's yeah, on I your mind?
1: Um, I just been enjoying the show so far. I go uh, to the um, store on the way home from work and we drive home so um, it's been good, it's been good. Um, but yeah, there's so many things to talk about as it relates to what's going on right now. Um, I know one of the main things that the Lord has been impressing on my heart in the last couple of weeks and just and exposing is, is me and my family is like our, our need to really just lean into Christ. Right. To, 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 to love the Lord and seek the Lord and Trust in him, and um I think about how everybody is panicking and scrambling to get tissue and water and and everything and it's it's really the Lord is pulling back the restraints and man's heart is being revealed, you know for his lack of trust
2: in Christ, true, true and
1: and um and and I was thinking about it last night like the Lord has been keeping me up at night too, like in and to pray and to, to to just think upon the things of God and and everything and and um, it's like I was thinking about the toilet tissue thing. How like I just went to the store and the shelves are still empty everywhere. No water, no tissue, no anything. And, yep. And um, I was thinking about why everybody keeps asking like, why is everybody getting the tissue? You know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, the scriptures just deal with it. Like. The water that everybody's buying up is because people, of course, need to sustain their bodies with water, and they're afraid they're not going to have it. But the real reality is the water of life. We need Christ, and 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 the tissue. Like people want to clean their their physical bodies with tissue and keep excrement out of the camp of their homes and out of their bodies Right. To clean, them, these things are necessary. But the Lord wants not our butts to be clean. That's one thing. He wants our hearts to be clean.
2: Absolutely.
1: Course, you know, because it's not what goes into the body that defiles your body. That's it's right. what comes out of your mouth from your heart, which defiles your body.
2: Those are excellent points. Those are excellent yeah, points. And
1: so, amen, amen. And so instead of, instead of worrying about wiping our butt, we ought to worry about drinking deeply of the word of God and, and having our heart before God in this time and I really think that God is God is trusting people. God is God is this is an opportunity for us Christians to to really see how God is going to sustain us yep. you know and and to really and, and and people who don't know the Lord are going to see how Christians are responding to this and prayerfully the light of God will show in our lives, and people will come to know Christ, and and opportunities to bring the gospel will, will present themselves. You know, and and those are the ways I've been looking at it, and you know, my wife have been discussing it, and and trying to really just be focused on on bringing Christ into the conversation. Because my kids are young, and they're, they're they they could get fearful. They hear the news, they sure. hear talking about it, but sure. go ahead and Pastor Jesse.
2: No I, I no I, I appreciate oh. your observation I said sure sure everything that you're saying uh Sean uh the listening audience would would agree with in terms of how we should maintain a spiritual perspective on what really matters and that what God does often by shaking up our political and social sociological and therefore economic uh and therefore dom- domestic state our homes uh and our livelihoods It exposes where our trust is when we press into lean into become concerned about and even panic over such um, existential external things like toilet tissue and even water. We need that for our body. But the body of which you are speaking is the body of our soul, the body of our heart, mind and spirit. And there is a parallel there. And it is for this reason, this kind of quasi trumpet is being blown around the world because we have often failed to maintain a kind of uh, consistency of spiritual hygienism. And you know what I mean by that. That's sound doctrine that takes over the life completely so that the man or woman uh, of God is is living a, a a very consistently gospel-centered life instead of a checkered life of, of uh, superficial professionalism. And when troubles come, as Jesus said in Matthew 7, the storms are coming, and if your house is not built upon the rock, it won't be able to stand under These kind of crucial times. And this is why I'm talking to us the way that I am for a couple of reasons. It's just my job to take advantage of a microphone and speak to thousands of people about the most important matters in our lives uh for one secondly i'm a pastor and and there's a lot of, uh, of of my people out there that are listening and trying to be guided by my perspective on this in terms of what we do whatever we are going to do it doesn't it, we're not uh, negating the need to get water or the need to get tissue or the need to get food etc What we are saying is that over and above and beyond that, do not panic, do not be anxious, do not be fearful, do not get trapped by the kind of distraction that would lead you away from a real need to draw near to God, because that's exactly what these kinds of events do. They they do what Jesus said in Luke chapter 19. He says uh, men's heart will fill them for fear of those things that are coming upon the earth. And like a snare, will men be caught at a time when they know not snared by these kinds of things so that they don't have easy access back to God? And this is a great time, uh, Sean, before we enter into a greater measure of calamity because see, the reality is, is we don't know whether or not this epidemic turns into a pandemic on a much more severe, uh, outbreak and consequent on a, a physical, physical level. We don't know what kind of, uh, difficulty that this might incur. We don't know if, um, we may not run up against serious food shortages. We don't know whether or not the very people that we live around in terms of the unbeliever, for whom we have said many times they are, you know, they are operating at levels of vanity that they are insane, irrational at best, and uh, illogical, and therefore they will begin to break into people's homes and take things and 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 if they catch you, you know, off guard, we'll want to take advantage of you. This is what happens in a society where men and women are at leisure and where righteousness and moral and ethical principles are not reinforced on a consistent level of, uh, of anthropology, because we live in a culture where morality and ethics have been completely awash on the level of personal rights. Then why should our government expect people on a personal level to all of a sudden become moral and ethical when they've been telling them all along, you don't need the morals and ethics of biblical truth, which says love. God, love your neighbor, which says protect, uh, uh, respect people's properties, respect their boundaries, respect their goods, help your neighbor, all of the things that the word of God would tell us to do that would safeguard us in communities of people who are rational and and, and, uh, and uh, relatively grounded in biblical morals, but where biblical morals are not the absolute foundation upon which people behave, they will act right for a little while. But let things get really, really bad, and we already know from history and experience how barbaric humanity can be apart from the grace of God. And then all of a sudden, we are really challenged as uh, believers as to whether or not we want to leave the city, we want to leave the country, we want to go to the hillside. Well, please understand, there's already a lot of people running to the hillside because they want to kind of get away from whatever uh, uh, pandemics are coming upon our society, but the. Believer has to be wiser than that. They have to be much more prudent than that, much more thoughtful. They have to be much more committed to hearing from God than that so that we can actually honor God at this time with a kind of peace and clarity, uh, not not, you know, sort of an insipid pacifism, but a peace and clarity that that, that demonstrates that we trust God and he's going to lead us all the way through this and the lights are on in our heart and mind and we can see the path to um, to victory in Jesus Christ listen man thank you for the call I've got to take another break when I come back I'll catch you James and catch you Faye thank you for holding on i got a couple lines open One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. going to pay some bills and then we're going to continue talking about where we are and uh, where we are and what we should be doing and what we should be doing for the glory of God on this Monday edition of Lifeline one is the number to reach me one three six seven five three two nine we'll be right back
1: and now back to lifeline
2: we are back you're listening to jesse gistin on the monday edition of lifeline we are talking about how to respond to the coronavirus particularly as the people of god on sunday october 13th 1918 alexandria louisiana Dr. W.S. Black, rector of the Episcopal Church, was dismayed to walk through the town and find the pool room in full blast with ample supply of patrons, none of whom were overly careful as to the degree of distance from their fellow players. Black didn't understand how he could keep his church closed while such establishments remained open. He says, I quote, I believe in obeying the law of the constituted authorities, he told the New Orleans State Times, but I am under pledge to the boys over there that at the customary time of service, certain prayers shall be said in which they are especially remembered. So there you go. A pastor walking down the streets on a quiet day, a Sabbath day or Sunday, as they would call it back at that time, and churches are closed, but the pool hall is, is open. People are still doing what they do, and you you will find many of those kinds of activities that went on during the influenza plague, and and at some point, the pastors began to realize, you know, if other people can get about and do things in spite of uh, legal legal, uh, judgments otherwise, maybe the people of God need to be Tangentially capable of engaging in gathering for the purpose of prayer and proclamation for the edification of the body, which is what I shared with you earlier. Any form of disbanding the people of God has to ultimately have either God's judgment on us because of our disobedience and rebellion. In the free time that we have or the enemy is coming in to scatter the flock for the purpose of weakening the sheep continually and devastating their spiritual walk by virtue of multiple weeks of not being in service for which I'm saying to you pastors, you pastors out there, find ways to minister to your people, find ways to have them hover around the voice of their under shepherd and the preaching of the word of God, no matter what that mechanism is, uh, internet, uh, taped recordings, whatever, live stream as we shall be doing. Our congregation will hear the word of God several days a week. Uh, it will be recorded. They will see the preaching several days a week in order to sustain a healthy spiritual diet and obey Hebrews chapter ten twenty five. Forsake not the assembling together of yourselves as you see the day draw nigh, except when you are in times of pandemic, except when you are in times of uh, of governmental prohibition. No, it doesn't say that. So there's a the balance that we have to strike with remaining wisely in. Uh, accordance with the law, but at the same time, making sure that we don't collapse into the quagmire that Peter was faced with when the authorities told him he couldn't preach in Jesus name. He says, I'd rather obey God than man. So we have a tension there, don't we, brothers, pastor, brethren, to um, to make sure that we don't allow the flock to be. Uh, taken advantage of during this difficult time. Let me go to line number three first and and talk with Faye in Oakland. Faye, are you there?
3: I am. How are you, Pastor? Thank
2: you for your patience, by the way.
3: Thank you very much for taking my call. Mm -hmm. So, Pastor, I've been out and about, and I I am one to look into the eyes of people. Mm -hmm. It's just something that I've always done, and, and even more so these days. Sure. And I was at the store the other day, like a day ago, and I just looked at these long, long lines and I looked into people's eyes and they it was it, it, there was just so much panic and just fear. Yeah. And, and so I'm walking through the store. I didn't go in there for anything in particular. I just I don't know what led me in there, but I just went in there and I just thought and and so what what comes to mind is is that uh, one of the things I, I'm just so grateful for is that I had a mom, God rest her soul, that gave me Jesus.
2: Right. right.
3: She brought me up in the nurture and, and the admonition of the Lord. And so I went into work today, and they told me that I was laid off indefinitely. And you know what, Pastor? There's just a peace. Mm-hmm. There's a peace in my Spirit, mm-hmm. there's a peace in my mind and there's a peace in my soul amen because i know that god is going to take care of me amen one of the questions i wanted to ask you pastor nothing can happen unless god allows it and it, and i've heard people say that that it's a uh,
2: oh d- and you, i'm just I, you, I, you broke up on me Re- repeat that faye are you there looks like we lost Faye Uh, I was really interested in wanting to respond to that question Faye you're gonna have to call me back because we did not catch that question and while you are calling me back let me go to line number four and talk with James from the bay uh, on line number four James are you there James on line number four are you there all right we've got two lines open let me go to line number two hold on for a second Just go to line number two. Let's see if we can successfully engage a conversation while you answer the phones. Are you there, Dan? All right. So we've got some problems going on with the phone line. Y'all pray for that. Um, three lines open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Three lines open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I definitely wanted to get uh, involved in that very peculiar and interesting question that Faye had. But if you guys are out there and you have had some experience along these lines and you want to work through how we deal with this, give me a call. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Because also, what I'm, I'm discovering is that. It's a good possibility that I won't be on the air next Monday because of policies around the quarantine that won't allow me to talk to you freely like I'm talking to you. And that's why I told my congregation this uh, yesterday as I was you know, admonishing them about the blessing of being free and about the blessing of having what we have. As Americans and about the blessing of the pattern of of gathering around the word of God that we have, I told them, I said, we have to make sure that we don't presume upon God for these things because they can be taken away. They just can be taken away. And you're looking at that now. and, And and what's being taken away as well is in the larger uh, uh, judgment of God, his own purpose is to disrupt us Americans in terms of our normalcy and, and peace is taken away and, 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 and people's incomes are about to be taken away and, and, and the stability of their homes around that income are about to be taken away. And, and, and that is all the more reason why we should be praying as the people of God because these things are now in the takeaway mode. And if you don't know what I mean by that, read Isaiah chapter three. And understand the master's word when he warns, take heed how you hear, because to what degree you hear, it will be measured out to you. The one that has more shall be given to him. And the one that has not even that, which he has will be taken away. And what I mean by that or what our master meant was when people value what they have, God will grant them more because he understands that they treasure it. And when people don't value what they have, he will allow it to be taken away by the thief. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He will allow it to be taken away because we don't value it. Can I get this across to you, ladies and gentlemen? We we can't presume a normal period all the way across the spectrum of our human experience. These are wonderful times for us to shore up, to man up, to woman up, to be children of God, to find out whether or not there has been a deposit in our soul um, as Faye had, had stated, her mom brought her up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord, and that she was able to rest in the fact that she got her pink slip today. She, she, she's not working now. Isn't that remarkable? And so my heart goes out to Faye right now, and I pray for her that God will give her everything she needs to get through this time. I know she believes that, but the saints are to pray for that. This is the fifth seal that we will unpack in days to come in Revelation chapter six. The souls that are under the altar. That are waiting and saying, how long, O oh Lord, before you in righteousness and truth, judge this world and bring about a resolve. Of 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 the evil that, that brings men and women in your name under under calamity and, and difficulty. The martyrs, that's who they were. And so um we we want to be able to make sure that you and I are operating in these difficult times in the right way. Let me go to line number two and see if I can catch James before the break. Line number two. James, are you there? Yes, sir. All right, finally we got you. What's going on, man?
0: Yeah, I'm just listening, I'm just listening to you, and uh, based on what we were talking about the other night and what's going on out there, you know, it's just a call for us to, as believers, to do what, you know, the Scripture tells us, and, uh, you know, to set a climate, if you will, to set an example of what it is to be, even within within the Church, because this is, to me, it's almost like a not only say separating from the wheat from the chair. It but,
2: is a purging. You know, I talked about that on Friday. You were there. Right. It is a purging. Yeah. What's going on now, brother, is a purging. And we really want to embrace that because purging is good, James.
0: Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely.
2: It's not only really good, but necessary. I don't have a
0: pro- Go on. And I don't have a problem with it. Like we're talking about pandemic. You know, short for panic. You know, right. And, and so that's what I take. And, it, and it's not a time to panic. It's a time to draw closer to the Lord, I could identify Amen. with the previous Amen. caller, which Sister says yeah had peace. I have peace. I'm off from work, but I have I have peace with me. You right. know, I was went to a couple of stores this morning, uh, Costco in particular. I think I stay away from there, and it was just, it, it, I mean, I mean, Costco on a regular day is, <laughs> you know, challenging. Exactly. Yeah, challenging. And so. Uh, to go into it at a time like this you, you better find a, a a smaller place to go uh, uh, uh to get your goods but you know but we, but we shouldn't panic you know i'm with you if we do the social distancing as you know was mm. first you know suggested or mandated it will work because the virus is not airborne
2: right it's at, it's, at it's this droplets. at at this point, they're saying it's not. But the nature of viruses is that they morph. They morph. But at this point, they're okay. saying it's not, and therefore they've given us this 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 kind of uh, you know soft parameter of 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 social distancing, which is to our benefit because, as I stated, if we can operate within a six foot to nine foot uh, diameter, we can still come together. I, that's my argument.
0: Well, absolutely, and you know, and the thought came to me is that okay, we should be able to gather outside, and then absolutely, what do, what do they do for the people in homeless encampments? I mean, one hundred percent. Well, how you know how does that work? I passed a few of those, and I saw you know a few officers over there for what, 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 whatever reason or what have you, and then you know I'm not in any way state or, uh, in any way state of fashion we, we want to rebel against. You know, the authorities.
2: Neither you know,
0: do I. But, also, but on the other hand, how do you enforce this? You know, the people of God, we're going to do what we're supposed to do as far as, you know, lining up and,
2: exactly. and exactly. How do you
0: enforce this? I was just reading an article while I was on the line about how certain s- state government, not state government, state uh, government um, courtrooms are sandwiching people in regardless of the president and the state mandates
2: Absolutely. not to do so. Absolutely. You know,
0: how do you, so you, 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 you set a law, then you exempt yourself, you know, from it, or whatever the case may be. And so you're putting people at risk, you know, is it, there as well. So, you know, we just have to, for those believers, I think it's time for us, you know, to cream the rise uh, to the top. And like you said, we have all the media. You said you're going to be streaming. Absolutely. Uh, and, I was, and I was, you know, sharing with, and I don't know whether you plan on going down, to the place where you do it, you can do it from your home, you know. But I know we have the
2: technology out there to get it done. Absolutely, you, know, you can do it on your phone. You can you can stream on your phone. My my one of my brilliant son in laws let me know that. But we'll we'll probably do it in house because I want to do several several messages. I'm getting ready to stack the messages because you know I'm I'm coming from the Book of Revelation and I want to maintain a a coherence of messages. And so we'll probably do it in house because it's all set up for that. Uh, there's nobody there. We won't be having a major assembly so we can we can do that. If we have the freedom to go to the store, we have the freedom to go and and uh, edify the people of God with the content of eternal truth uh, for a few hours a day. And that is what we are going to do. And, and that's basically what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that. If we capitulate to this policy uh, across the board, so that we are not making any kind of contact with the people of God whatsoever, while the government is breaking its own policies for its own arbitrary urgencies, exigencies, like you stated for the courtroom, and it's being done um, for other uh, facilities, the hospital is going to be done for the grocery store, is going to be done for for gas. There are elements in which they are uh, necessarily. In, uh, in contradiction of this fundamental law because they want to try to slow the pandemic. And I know that that will work to some degree, but it does not mean that the people of God can't use savvy. It can't use judgment to maintain a cooperation with that policy without losing out on the very life source that God mandated by which we nurture each other. And that's the gathering together around the word of God and the hearing of the preaching of the word of God and worship and prayer. So absolutely essential to be done, not only for the church, but for the world as well. Brother James, listen, I got to take a break, pay some bills. When I come back, I'll catch you, Teresa and Tantia uh, Two. Lines open one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Two lines open one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I'll be right back.
1: And now back to Lifeline.
2: And we are back. The time six forty two on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Let me see here. Let's go to line number four and talk with Teresa in San Francisco. Teresa, are you there? I am. So, what is your question, comment, or observation, young lady?
4: Um, So I was going to ask a question, Pastor Jesse, and just hang up to hear your response. Um, First, I wanted to just say I strongly believe that um, God will protect and hedge, you know, his children as he did those that were in Egypt who went um, under a plague when the death had came and uh, Moses warned everybody to mark the doorpost with blood and God would hedge the israel people and i strongly believe god is going to protect um his children and hedge us in um my question is is it wrong to pray or fast um for the plague that's going on or that it may be removed because like i have like friends and loved ones that don't even believe in the lord or um it's not right with the lord right now and i believe that um this plague has gone forth because everybody doesn't have the mindset of kingdom over culture and the world has turned like their back against, you know, what the Lord has been stating, you know, wanting us to do and obey his commandments. So here we are due to sin and this plague has been let loose. I feel like it refers to that verse and I don't know it well, but it is a verse in the Bible that says, um, if my children would turn from their ways and repent, then I will hear their prayer and hear them. I, I, I know I'm getting it wrong. But That's
2: okay. You're doing pretty good. <laughs> you're doing pretty good.
4: It is wrong to fast. And, and I know you're not supposed to even say when you fast and you're just supposed to do it. But no, we're just having wrong? a
2: conversation. We're just having a conversation. It's really good. And, and those questions and concerns, Teresa, are very relevant. To a time of calamity and evil. The question really re- revolves around what do God's people do passively or actively, um, spiritually or practically in these times? You raised a number of really good questions. You said you were going to take the answer off air, so you can hang up and I'll give you a few um, a few insights. Bless you. Okay, thank you. Bless you. Thank you. Um, I'm going to just kind of touch on a-, a few things that our sister said because. Uh, We want to be responsible as Christians, the plague of uh, the plagues of Egypt, 10 plagues that God brought upon Egypt were um, they were um, they were what we would call they were um, descriptive. Uh, at that time, they were prescriptive. That was an ordained set of plagues that God specifically placed upon that country in relationship to a specific outcome that God had uh, intended to occur, which was the liberation of his people out of Egypt. When he told the children of Israel to place the door over the uh, the blood over the doorpost, it was in order to teach them, catechize them, Uh, Into the reality that salvation, deliverance, freedom from spiritual bondage, Egyptian bondage. Only comes by the blood and righteousness of an innocent lamb pointing to Jesus. Jesus is the lamb that spiritual application applies to you and I on a spiritual level of liberation from the curse and wrath of God's law that hangs over the head of all human beings everywhere in the world, that if we're going to escape the angel of death at judgment day, it's going to be because of the blood purchase of our eternity bound souls through the righteousness of the innocent son of God who died on the cross for us. And insofar as plagues and judgments throughout human history have been concerned, we don't have a direct, uh, what we would call prescription of hope that God would avert a calamity of some uh, cataclysmic level, like the influenza virus that killed you know, almost millions of people and the black plague, bubonic plague, that did kill millions of people. And many other plagues that have struck uh, human beings, the Spanish plague that killed kill lots of people as well in its era and believers as well whether you are an obedient believer a disobedient believer a non-believer those plagues can kill us but they won't destroy us they won't destroy our souls so how should Teresa pray with regards to this present test this present judgment on humanity which is a general judgment and, and so, religious folk can stop getting upset when we're talking about this being a judgment because it is. It's the fundamental judgment of us being human beings, sinful human beings at that. So, the wages of sin is death. So, we're going to die of something. We're going to die individually. We're going to die collectively of something, whether it be uh, the calamity of a car, uh, car crash, airplane crash, whatever. That's the consequence of sin. So are these plagues. But these plagues are really designed to wake us up. It's a trumpet call to wake us up, that we would begin to think through where we are with our God. Certainly, Teresa and all of us can pray that God would employ this this sort of uh, this ubiquitous uh, calamity in a way that would cause men and women to be alarmed and, and recognize the precariousness of their soul state. And then begin to call upon God. And that's not going to necessarily happen uh, just because there's a plague here. I said this to my church on Sunday. Just because we have a plague of this nature happening doesn't mean people are going to wholesale turn to God. Only we, The only way people turn to God is when people hear the gospel in power and that gospel begins to break their heart. People don't turn to God because of the flood. People don't turn to God uh, because of the earthquakes. They don't turn to God because of fire. They turn to God because the gospel impacts their heart, which means on our part, we should be sharing the gospel. But we can ask God to facilitate the preaching of the gospel with these kind of calamities so that people can remember that somebody told them that outside of Christ, they will perish. And certainly you can pray for your loved ones. You can fast for your loved ones. This is a great time for us to exercise all sorts of spiritual practices in regards to these times of calamity. Because if we don't, we will be indicating that we don't care for people's eternity bound souls. So do what you're going to do, Teresa. And as you have already stated, don't blow a trumpet. Don't tell people just enter into your fast and believe God for answering your prayer in the way in which he wants to. And, uh, you know, I would encourage people to do it. the other thing I would encourage you to do before I go to the next call. And that would be is to do what many of the churches did in the uh, 20th century during the time of the influenza plague that that killed lots of people um, prudently and wisely go out and help the poor, help the homeless, help the sheltered, help them, give them food, give them clothing, help them. Ladies and gentlemen, do something positive uh, for the people who are in a more precarious state than you. Don't just sit on your butt. Help them. A lot of that was done during the time of the influenza virus in in 1916 through uh, through eighteen. A lot of believers went out and served their communities, fed people and, and clothed people in spite of the danger of contamination, because that's what we do, realizing that this world is simply a passing through and that our real home is glory and that um, we are to leave a pattern of good works down here for men and women to really think through the goodness of God and the gospel by the bread that they eat or by the the, the clothing that they receive, by a pair of shoes or a blanket or whatever, go out and do it over the course of these three weeks. Go out and do it. Walk through your garage and take a big old plastic bag and put stuff in there, as I will do. I'll do the same thing I'm telling you to do. And and look for communities. And, 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 you know, if you have a struggle with it, just drop the bag off and, and say free clothing. Um, or, or if you want to, uh, set up a little table of food and 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 wave the 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 homeless. Say, here, I, I, some some goods for you. Uh, and do that. Do that. Do something of that nature, and and let God be a blessing to them through you. And that will be a that will go a long ways to helping our whole society around these things. Let me go to line number three and talk with Tenshi for a moment. Tenshi, are you there?
5: yes sir
2: hi what's your your question comment or observation
5: well i know that um we were supposed to have our um, daughters of grace conference this saturday and you know due to the situation we're not going to be able to however i still kind of wanted to just share um what the topic was going to be about because i really do um believe that it actually applies to the situation that we are in now and also in hopes that um my hope and my prayer is is that one thing is that this um this, um, curfew or what have you would be lifted and we will be able to gather again. I don't, um, I don't foresee that, you know, it will be this way all the time, but, you know, um, i but I, at the same time, I'm not sitting at the elbow of God either, but if we do, when we do get a chance to reconvene, I hope, um, our sisters would be encouraged to come out and participate and, um, enjoy the sub- the topic that, um, We will be discussing if that's okay with you,
2: Pastor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It is absolutely apropos. If we would have had the Daughters of Grace this weekend, the topic would have been looking unto Jesus, a motivation for um, for uh, for the year two thousand and twenty, coming out of Hebrews chapter twelve, verses one through four, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith and the 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 application is absolutely apropos. So what are you what are your thoughts about how we can take uh, a few minutes of time because we only got about 3 minutes or 4 minutes to talk about the importance of looking to Christ during this difficult time. What do you think?
5: Um so the, one of the important things is, is that we don't panic like you said. We can um enjoy the peace and clarity of the situation. And Mm. in this, we honor God Mm -hmm. and we also exalt him to others that may not be believers, such as our family. We can exalt God and, and be able to, and maybe this may open a door that they may ask questions. How can we be, calm in such a time as this and th- and that is because we're keeping our eyes on Jesus knowing that um he is the finisher and author of our faith but also knowing that he still sits on his throne right. and so he's still in control therefore we have nothing to be concerned about mm-hmm. because he's in control as you said even if we um even if we get the virus right. i mean Right. That's still an opportunity to testify and to um glorify God as Christ did when he was on the cross. He Amen. was on the cross enduring the cross and while he while he was enduring that cross he he um welcomed um one man into his kingdom, he yep. made sure that his um, mother was taken care of, yep. he even prayed yep. for those that were um, persecuting him. Yep. so he is our um, example, and that is a, this is a great opportunity to um, exalt God, and also too the joy in keeping our eyes. On Christ is that we don't have to worry this is the joy that we have we don't have to panic we don't have to worry we know that if we need food he will provide it if we need protection he will provide it Mm -hmm. because he's he's done that in the Mm -hmm. past and he'll do it again for us and so this is one of the importance of um, Christ being our motivation for life because um, as you said to go out and help those in need um, if we're looking unto Christ and in in seeing him as our example, then we will be motivated to do the same thing.
2: Absolutely. Let's kind of let's let's make another tag on, you know, the challenges of women, particularly one of the reasons we really wanted to hold that conference is because we know that our sisters uh, in in the Bay Area and and across America are dealing with uh, demotivating challenges, demotivating challenges. There is no doubt about that. That the the body of Christ is struggling with demotivation, but women are too because they've been being bombarded from so many different angles uh, relative to their identity, to their calling, to their uh, significance, uh, and many areas. The demotivating culture in which we live. Is forcing women to, 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 you know, question themselves and to, to make choices that are not good, to make, to do things that actually are distracting and in some ways often just utterly sinful. And, and that occurs when the heart, uh, is not looking to Christ, when the heart is, is not looking to Christ. And, and, and I think that that is where the, the DOG was going with wanting to encourage our sisters on a motivational level. So, you know, uh, how how do you see that? How do you see the relationship between what's going on and the demotiv- demotivation that has generally, uh, uh, you know, kind of dogged our, our sisters? How, how would you speak into that for a minute? Um,
5: and so that's another part in terms of looking unto Jesus because once you're looking unto Jesus, he will share with you what your um, identity is. Mm-hmm. And that's where the motivation comes from. Um, I remember you um, teaching on Gideon, how God had to come and tell him right. that he was a valiant man. Yeah. And so um, if we take this opportunity that we have now, uh, with a lot of us not being able to go to work, to actually dive into and study the Word, we will know The one who is giving us our identity—it's difficult to trust someone that you don't know. So the first step would be into learning and knowing of of our Jesus, who gives us our identity. And if you um, look unto Him and begin to learn of Him and see who He is, knowing that we've been taught that we are like Him, we are. In Him, we are who He is. Um, That will give us that identity and our encouragement. And when you begin to know who you are, you will begin to change your um, actions because you want to make sure you represent this God that loves you. Um, and also, too, it, it is so true. The more you focus in on Christ, the more these other things begin to dissipate. Mm-hmm. And so you will find that the deeper you go into Christ, you will begin to lose those appetites for those sinful mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. from that mm-hmm. bad attention. Mm-hmm. You will begin to heal. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I know that's a lot of, um, a struggle there too is the healing um, process and as you begin to heal you start to be freed from those things that that are bondage to yep, you yep. and once you are freed from that bondage then you are free to do the good works that God has created you for. And so that is the importance of um, looking to Christ and being motivated by Christ is because once you begin to know him, then you begin to know yourself. He defines who you are, not society, not other people outside of you, and not even yourself. Thank you, Lord. But he defines you as he is the only one being your creator who has the authority to define you in the first place.
2: Well said, my sister, well said. Thank you for that. Uh, We're out of time. We're getting ready to wind it down. Do want to encourage you guys to do all that we talked about during this program. You can catch up with me at grace-bible.com. We will be streaming. Uh, Virtually every day, my team of uh, audio and video personnel will see to it that we encourage you, encourage you, encourage you, uh, admonish you, correct you, strengthen you, build you up and make you able to stand in the midst of these difficult times. Until then, I will say it. It's not merely a euphemism. Keep your eyes on Christ.